Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Oh my God, these are hilarious. (laughs) You're supposed to tell me the questions you got. I'll tell you right now. I just got them. (laughs) Here's this one. Great. What actually happens in in underwriting and why is it so extra? (laughs) LOL. Another thing I'm like, is this a rule or is it just frowned upon? (laughs) I feel like I'm in the hot seat. You are kind of in the hot seat. (laughs) Like, tell us more. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was taken into consideration. (laughs) I love it. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. We have merchandise. Yay! Can you believe it? What do we have? Um, We have a mug. So cute. The mug is my favorite. Mm -hmm. We have a tumbler. That's my favorite. That's the one you love. And a sweatshirt is my favorite. Oh, the sweatshirt's cute. I live in a sweatshirt because my husband keeps the air on like 65. So you need it for the summer. Yeah. And then keychains. Okay. Like wrist strap keychains. So like if you want to put it in your lockbox. Oh, that's neat. I really like whenever I go to a showing and I can put the key on my wrist and then Mm -hmm. I don't worry about locking myself about. That's awesome. So nice. So we have all of those things. Mug, cup, keychain, t-shirt, sweatshirt. Love it. All with the cute little logo. Perfect. I know it's so fun. So you guys go to hustlehumblypodcast.store. Happy shopping. Happy shopping. Hi. Hello, everyone. This is episode 99. Oh my gosh. Almost there. Um, And today we have a guest. Yay. I can't believe we've gone almost 100 episodes without a lender. An actual human lender. (laughs) And in studio, no less. Not a Zoom interview. A real real live interview. Okay. So guys, today we have Jamie Taylor. She's going to tell us who she is. Hello, everyone. Jamie Taylor. I'm with Assurance Financial in Baton Rouge. Uh, I've been with the company and in the business 14 years. Wow. So I have been with one mortgage lender the entire the whole time. time. I relate I've been to that in the because I've been with one real estate company all 10 years. We're loyal I'm people. Loyal, Very loyal. Loyalty. <laughs> Is Assurance National, what's their Yeah, area? so it's locally owned and operated, okay. founded right here in Baton Rouge. Okay, it started uh, in Baton Rouge. It started in Baton Rouge. Okay. We are in almost 50 states at this point. That's amazing. So we have several offices, but everything happens. All the magic happens right here in Baton Rouge. Right here. Underwriting, funding, everything. All of that. Local is so important. It's super important. It is. But you service now, you, Jamie, Mm -hmm. which states do you do? So Texas, Mm -hmm. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. Wow. But I can pretty much get licensed in almost any state. If someone needs you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I will add a disclaimer that you are my favorite lender. Yes. You have done my loans for my clients for many years, lots of years. 
Probably yeah, almost probably 12. Yeah, I think I so. Um, and, you know, we get taught in real estate school and classes that you're not supposed to just refer one, right. you know, lender, inspector, title company, whatever. So I do have others on my vendor list. But if someone puts my feet to the fire and is like, who's who's the I'm like, please call Jamie, because that's <laughs> who I know is never going to give you a pre-approval that isn't true. She's going to make you give you the docs to like actually like get it done. Um, you always make your deadlines. You're very transparent. So you're right. like, well, if this one, if I'm concerned about this, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, and that's and I care. Yeah. You yeah. actually you care. care. You Cares. take good care of my clients. So sure. um, we are sitting here at my desk with all of my assurance pens there you go. and my assurance <laughs> mouse pad. And like, so fine. Jamie is my lender. Y'all say what you want. It, having a lender that you trust is huge mm-hmm. for your Definitely. real estate business. Okay, so we have all sorts of rangy questions. Bring it on. We're just going to go in no particular order and see what you want to tell us. Okay. Okay, number one, where to find financing that isn't under Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac regulations. And what is that? And why? What's the point? Okay, so are y'all going to make me get technical and complicated? Not too technical. For your audience. So, yeah. (laughs) Right. So non uh, Fannie, Freddie, you want to go typically to a local bank that has what you would call a portfolio product. And what that means is they're lending their own, basically their own deposits. Okay. They have money available to lend. They would set the guidelines. They would hold and service that one. Because it's their money. Because it's their money. Okay. Why would somebody not want to just get like a regular? So Fannie and Freddie is like mm-hmm. FHA, RD, conventional loans. VA. VA. Like well, the regular yeah, loans all, that we're well, all Well, those are to. mainly conventional loans, right? So Fannie and Freddie set the guidelines. Okay. All right. And they purchase the loans. Okay. Okay. okay? And they securitize them and sell them on a secondary market. It helps lenders like us, even the big banks have liquidity, have the money available. Sure. You know, because we don't all have this endless pool of money that we're lending. Okay. So when y'all sell the loans, that's how you get money to do more loans. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Someone would do a portfolio loan because they can't fit into the box of that Fannie and Freddie set. So Fannie and Freddie are specific to conventional? Yes. Okay. Because VA, FHA, RD, that's different. Well, Jenny May, typically. Oh, so. it's still... We I, never still I never heard it's of Jenny. Still. So there's Fannie, Freddie, and Jenny. And those right. are the loans that we're all used to. Your typical... Is it right. FHA, RD, VA? All of them. All of them are sold to those entities. And they all have those and guidelines. Securitized and Yes. Okay. But well, each loan someone... product has a different guideline. Sure. But those entities, FHA, VA, USDA, Fannie, Freddie, they're all setting the guidelines. Okay. So if you have maybe a buyer that recently started a business or tax transcripts that don't fit in a box, right. that's why they would want to go outside of this box. Exactly. And, get and a then you're talking loan. about a local bank, typically. Typically. Okay. Yes. Someone did ask, what's a portfolio loan and how is it different from conventional? And you just there answered you that. Yeah. Those loan products typically aren't going to have the same terms. Okay. okay, they're going to have typically a higher interest rate, right. maybe a balloon payment. Interest rates only set for so long, okay. so five years, a shorter term, like a 20 year oh. term. So, and then, yeah, sometimes they may be required to refinance it in a year. I gotcha. Mean, so it's not 
I guess, ideal. Well, it's right, but sort it fills of what, a need. It's like a worst. Until, like if you can't yeah. fit into the box yes. and you still want to get a loan, yes, there's an option. I just had my first client do an adjustable rate mortgage. Oh, really? And I was at the closing table, and mm. the title attorney was like, "Okay, well, this is your payment." And I said, "You did an adjustable rate," and he said, "I did." And I said. Why? Mm-hmm. He said, because my job is only going to keep me here for seven years. So it didn't and matter. And the rate is locked for 10 years. Right. And I was like, wow. Right. That's so smart. Right. I, I mean, never it does make even, sense. And how many people stay in their house longer than 10 years? Right. It just has to make sense. The interest rate has to be good enough to roll the dice on the risk. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So it's yeah. not adjustable rate mortgages have gotten a bad name. Yeah. But, but they're the not right bad person, when used in the right situation right yeah. i mean my first mortgage was adjustable i was probably one of the only success stories of the whole 2005 arm crazy mortgage lending like i just didn't have great credit i couldn't get a regular loan like i got a two-year arm and after having a mortgage for two years that i paid on time my credit was much better and then i refinanced there you go you you might have refinanced yeah, so. it that was 2007 in a no doc loan Remember that oh, those wow. days? I can't even remember. Um, anyway, but I refinanced and then I was in a 30 year and it was more stable, but because it could have been very bad. And that's what happened. A lot of people got the adjustable. We're not going right. to get deep into that. Um, did you ever, this is such a side note. Did you see, did you watch the movie, The Big Short? I did. Did you find that entertaining? Yeah. Yes. It, well, obviously it was hilarious, but sad. It, it's you know, sad, points, but, but also. That was kind of predates me. A little bit. Yeah. You know? Okay. So you weren't yeah, involved bit. in that. I was on I was entering at the tail end of Yes. So I got my license in two thousand five, but I didn't sell to two thousand six. So it was starting to already to like yeah. go away. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between a mortgage lender and a mortgage broker? Right. So they're all great, right? But so the difference is a broker, I guess I kind of say they're a middleman because they're not underwriting and funding that loan. Okay, so a broker may have, let's say, five different lenders that they send their files to to be underwritten. And it's not going to be the broker's money at the closing table. Okay, okay? it's going to be the lender sending the wire. Mm. Okay. Okay. Whereas a lender is the one who's underwriting and funding the loan. Okay. So assurance is a lender. You're a lender. Correct. Does any are there any brokers that shop you? Any like I know that, that there are brokers that mm-hmm. could say, "Oh, well, I'm going to put you with." Oh, I got you. This yeah, we're company. not a wholesale lender. Okay, I understand what you're saying. You just no. do so your we own. we don't have brokers that come to us. Okay. to underwrite their loans. Got it. Yeah. You just do all your. But own there stuff. are lenders that also offer that service to brokers. Does okay. it bother you just that the own. names are basically transposed in like vernacular? Like, right? Do you want to be called a lender? Do you care if people call you a mortgage broker? Well, I don't really care, but I do correct people. Because yeah, <laughs> it's not right. a lender. Because it's not technically got it. Yeah, correct. Right. You know. Okay. But it's not a slight to the broker. It's um, just like they're you're you know, they're used you are. interchangeably, right. but there is a difference. There is a difference. Got it. Yeah. But we're still able to shop interest rates. I know that's the the big thing that brokers will tout is that they're able to shop various lenders, but you we also do, do shop because we sell mortgages to lenders mm-hmm. as well as hold and service them. That makes sense. I feel like I have a question about that. Okay. So when you shop interest rates, uh-huh. what does that really mean? Because I've always yeah. understood that the government tells you every day, these are the interest rates. Mm-hmm. 
So how is it that lenders are competing so much? Right. So when I price in my system, okay, we have probably, I don't know, at least 20 different investors okay. that we lock loans with and end up selling them after we've funded them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're on our books mm-hmm. and then we end up selling them to those investors and they each put out their interest rates for the day. Okay. Okay. So that's determined by how much money they want to make yeah. off of the transaction. So if too. there's 20. Right. Do you just choose the lowest? Like Exa- what determines? Yes. 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 We would yes. choose and offer the lowest. Okay. So that's how big is the span? Yeah. Uh, maybe an eighth of a percentage. So it's really close. Tight. Talking. It's tight. Yes. So Are there any times that you would choose a higher one for a reason? You know, like you get what, you get better service or something like that. Is there a no, reason? No, because it's in our case, it's our underwriters, underwriting loan. Yeah. So it's all our people. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I would potentially choose a different one is maybe on a jumbo loan. Okay. Because they have their own specific overlays for that product Uh and the client may not fit into the box of a certain investment. You know, we may have to go with one particular investor. It's kind of a different Mm -hmm. ball game with the jumbo loan. So if you went to your 20, your list of 20 Uh and I'm just for easy numbers, 4% was the lowest. Right. And you tell client, okay, I can get you pre-approved 4% interest rate. And they're like, well, so-and-so said 3.8. What can you even do at that point if you already chose the lowest? You know, like how? Right. Well, I would say, look, you need to get detailed estimates. I always encourage people get the detailed estimate because most of the time when I ask, well, did they send you an estimate? They're like, no, they would just told me the this over the phone. Fees worksheet. Yes. Okay. So ask for a fees worksheet. Alyssa is real hot on her fees I always worksheet. ask for the fees worksheet. Get, get the detail. Get the detail. Some lenders refuse to give it to you. Yeah. Well, then you want to move on. I agree. Uh-huh. Yeah. I that's not a lender you're not good. wanting that to work with. That doesn't feel super transparent. No. Okay. They need to give you all the details. They need to give you all. Yes. I tell my clients all the time, tell me if this is the wrong thing to say okay. or if I need to tweak it. I say buyers focus so much on the interest rate mm-hmm. because that's what they're taught. Who's right. going to give me the lowest rate? Who's right. going to give me the lowest rate? But until you know what fees they're charging you, right. nobody really asks about the fees and are right. they reasonable? Are they right. in line? So until you get a fees worksheet, you don't know what you're paying. It's not apples to apples. Exactly. Because some lenders may just, or loan officers, may just quote everything with a 1% buy-down fee or discount point. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, they on the surface, the their interest rate great. sounds lower, but you pay the fees it. are much higher. Yeah. Does that even make sense to you? It may right. take you five years to break even doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it may not mm-hmm. make sense or you may not be comfortable bringing that much more money But because buyers it. don't know to ask about fees, there right. are lenders out there that are just trying to get the lowest rate to secure the client. Exactly. Well, because they know that's what a lot of clients are focused on. Exactly. Yes, all rate. Right. right. Yeah. And we are here to educate. That's right. That's that right. you need to ask about fees and interest rate together right. so that you can compare. Okay. Well, this Apples leads, to apples. Yeah. Because it's not apples to apples until you see that. That's right. Because, you know, we can all quote with a discount point. Yeah. Sure. Right. Okay. That leads right into this. Why are some lenders' rates different than others in the same, it said community, but area, like location, like right. what would make your rate different than the next guy? You know what I mean? Right. So always encourage people to get estimates on the same 
day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, honestly, rates can change through during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it needs to be basically at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, within mm-hmm. the same day, it's probably fair enough. It's probably going to be really comparable in apples to apples. Okay. Uh, so that would be one thing Two, again, we're talking about fees, you know, is this a lender, you know, quoting with a discount point? That would be another reason. Okay. And I mean, the, Truth of it is, too, there's a margin built into the rate where each company sets what they want to make. And so there's a little bit of difference there. Do you mind explaining how do lenders get paid? The companies in general or as a loan officer? Both, maybe. Like, how do you get paid as a loan officer? Right. Well, my company pays me a certain percentage based upon the... the loan amount. Okay. That's how we are paid. We cannot be paid according to the terms of the loan. Okay. So our pay cannot increase or decrease based upon the interest rate we're offering. Right. If that makes sense. Because you want to give the best to your client. And if Correct. you were motivated by that, then you could right. be giving them a worse exactly. deal. Right. That makes sense. And, and it used to be that way. Where, where if you had like a higher comp, interest rate. Yes. Oh. Was, exactly. We were paid based upon the terms of the loan. That That's illegal now. Okay. It also can't change depending upon the loan product. Right. It okay. can't. It cannot. Okay. It oh. cannot. So you get paid the same no matter what type of loan Correct. it is. Because oh. otherwise it would cause steering, right? right. It would steer, not they everybody love. would, but some people would sure. steer yeah. someone into a loan that might not be the right fit for them. For them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad That's you said that. One. Okay. So one of the things that I tell my clients when they're asking me who to work with and why I always recommend you is that I feel like you take the time to explain to them. What is the difference between FHA, RD, VA, conventional? Why maybe you maybe you can still have a 3% down payment on your conventional versus your three and a half on FHA. Or like, mm-hmm. I feel like you take the time to help them find the right fit for what their goal is. Right. And some lenders are just like, what's the easiest thing for me to do today? Like, right. oh, mm-hmm. well, this is easier. You just go do, you know, FHA or whatever. Right. So that really isn't a question. That's just my side note. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I talked to a client recently, a new client of mine. He's currently in an FHA loan. And he asked why I wasn't recommending an FHA loan this go round. And so I explained it all. And he's like, well, I never knew that. Like that was never. Mm -hmm. No one explained it before. Yeah. Like how long are you going to be in this house? How much do you have to put down? Well, the interest rate's lower. Yeah. Because a lot of times on FHA. I'll just do the lower rate. And if they're focused on that, I have to oftentimes explain. Mm -hmm. That's not the whole story. That's not the whole picture. Look at the Mm -hmm. PMI. It's on there for 30 years, you know. Yeah. And then compare it to the conventional loan that has a slightly higher interest rate. Right. So you really have to give them the detailed fee worksheet, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. explain all of that. Okay. And you get paid from the income. Y'all get in, your company gets income once you sell the loan. Yes. Is where the income comes from. Correct. Okay. And the fees, well, we, we right? Have fees. Have we fees. do have fees that, fees. you know, so underwriting, processing, the closing. sources of income. Yes. There's fees, just like we have fees. Correct. Right. And then when you sell the loan, there's income from that for the company. Correct. We either sell it and we make a certain amount of money when we sell it to the investor or we hold it and service it. And we it's basically, that means it's been sold to Fannie or Freddie. So if they hold it and make service servicing, it, they, right. Well, yes, and then you're right. making the money off the interest on Correct. the loan. Right, it's a longer term play. Whereas if we sell it, it's just kind of a lump sum payment. Um, what would make y'all keep it versus sell it? Well, last year we decided to service a lot of our loans because the investors were so overwhelmed okay. with the influx of yeah. loans 
that they artificially inflated their pricing and their interest rates. To slow it down. Correct. So we had to service them to be able to offer the most competitive rates. Mm. Otherwise, uh, it's somewhat complex. You know, they have a um, consultant that helps them decide how much they should be servicing and versus how much selling. Sell. It's a cash flow yeah. issue too. This is high level. It is. Yeah. I'm not, that, that's really interesting. Yeah. Very, very. I heard that they even look at each loan individually, like credit score, what kind of buyer are they buying by investing in this loan? And that also determines how yeah. much they would pay for it. I mean, I know they don't want to service loans that it's not going to be a fairly long term. Sure. Less money Hold for that buyer because they they're making money over yeah. time. Yeah. And so you don't know what, yeah, if you're going to turn around and sell your house in two years, exactly. they'd rather That's just sell it. That's not really something that we would want to So service. they'll pay more for a 30 year than a 15? You're talking about the interest rate? Um, Is, like if you right. were selling a 30 year loan or mm-hmm. a 15 year loan, which one would the investor oh. want to buy? Oh, it, that doesn't really oh, matter. Okay. I'm saying as far as servicing. I see. If someone's only going to have their house for two years, mm-hmm. we're probably not going to want to service that loan. We probably would sell it to the investor. Because you can't make... But how would they know? Uh, well... People will tell people me. People will tell Oh, they will. you make a note in the yeah. file? Yeah, I'll ask them. I'll say, look, you know... How long are you going to be here? They're probably not going to... Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was taken into consideration. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. But people will take it personal. If their loan is sold. sold. Oh, I've had them do that before. It was like, but y'all sold us. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. It wasn't personal. It's just part of the business. And they signed the docs like and are told your loan might be sold. And a lot of times they're sold right away. Okay. What is hard money? So hard money is basically either private, you know, individuals or private investors or companies that lend their own money. Okay. So this basically has nothing to do with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Um, it's you're not, not going to portfolio. See, no, it's, it's just, not a bank. It's typically, it's, just, it's, it's not just a, a, a lender. Of any, an individual. Correct. Usually no. you're not going to see someone get a hard money loan unless they're doing some type of investment okay. purchase. Usually it's more of a short term kind of loan. Okay. Maybe someone would do that for a flip. Maybe they, um, where do you find that? I know. Do you basically just go to a wealthy friend? Honestly, I really don't know. So interesting. I've always, it always has a, we don't have a lot of that in our market. I wouldn't say shady, but I just don't know a whole lot about I'd it. I'd be a little nervous. And the interest rates are usually very high. Hi. You know, maybe someone can't qualify for a line of credit or something with a local bank, mm-hmm. which is really, I don't I don't know why else you would do a hard money loan. Yeah, you unless know, you just because didn't have money. I think right. that's what I have gathered from our <laughs> listener questions okay. is that there are a lot of real estate investing podcasts yeah. out there okay. that like, will tell you to go If get you don't money. have any money, get the hard that's money. okay. Go right. find someone to just give you money. And it's very high risk. They make right. it sound very glamorous, but uh-huh. it's actually very... You need to be very careful. What sounds too good to be true usually usually is. Okay, moving on from the hard money. Hello, friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes, listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? 
Yeah, your clients are there. actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. I know. Just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna, it's gonna it. change your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy friends. the template yes enjoy okay <laughs> price range this is like a i don't know just like a sample price okay. range of three hundred thousand house and all terms remaining the same how does the interest rate change affect that like like a sample of mm -hmm. if your rate increases x right. you're Payment, Your payment increases. Up I think this is an important question because yeah. everywhere you look, everyone is screaming from the rooftop. Interest rates are low. Buy now. Right. But what does that mean? Right. Like when is it hot? Right. Like if it went up half a point, like percent. Right. Yeah. So well, how does that affect me? A three hundred thousand dollar loan. If the mm -hmm. interest interest rate increased about one percent. You're talking about $150, $160 a month. A month. A month. Yeah, for a whole percentage point. So if you... It's pretty... I mean, that's a pretty significant increase in the rate. And if you're buying a $300,000 house, I don't know how material $150, $160 I was going to say, right. would it, would it, it, lot, is would it really material, be like three seventy five? dollars Well, you shouldn't probably be you know buying I mean? that. <laughs> Uh, price house, you know, if you're that uncomfortable with right, if the, yeah, for sure. If you don't but, have 150, right. But I guess right. the question is, if rates are low mm -hmm. right now, and you're saying, oh, well, you could buy a three hundred thousand dollar house right now, but if you wait until the fall when the rates oh. go up, that three hundred thousand dollar house becomes two fifty. Right. Yeah. Probably. You know? So it's the difference would be. It's five dollars for every thousand. Five for approximately. Every thousand. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's interesting. So let's see. That if 30, it was one hundred and fifty. Or wait, no. What am I doing? One hundred fifty dollars a month divided by five. Thirty thousand dollars. Right. So instead of a three hundred thousand dollar right. house, you, you can look at two seventy for the same note. The same. Right. But exactly. Right. That's a big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. If you're especially if you're, if you're at price your range. top of your price range. Yeah. Yeah. At three hundred, like you're at the top. Right. Well, then, yes, you probably would only approve for a 270, 270 with a rate increase. Correct. Of 1%. That's interesting. Very. Okay. When people are, oh, this, there are a lot of questions about investment property. Okay. When people are buying investment property, what financing would you use? Okay. Um, and can you finance if you're an LLC or do you have to pay cash for those? So I recommend just your traditional Fannie or Freddie if you're able to qualify for that for an investment property. Okay. You can't purchase in an LLC. Right. You have to purchase in your personal name, but you can transfer title into the LLC after closing. And we've had some clients close that. and yes, it is allowed. The loan allows that. It is allowed. Okay. It is in Fannie's guidelines that it is if allowed. If you do 20% conventional, you can well, you can do 15% down for an investment property. Oh, I didn't even you know You can, that. but the rate is much higher. There's oh. PMI. I've, 
I only have had well, a few yeah. people do that. Most put 20% down. The sweet yeah. spot is 25% oh. for interest rate and everything. But oh. you, you can transfer title mm -hmm. into an LLC. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have to have cash. Do you have an opinion on what this, this, this one was, a vacation home? What would be the smartest financing options on that? So it sounds like 25% down. Uh, so you can put 10% down on a second home. Okay. And that's if you're like, a second home means you're not renting it out. Correct. It is really more of a true vacation home mm -hmm. or, you know, I actually just had clients that are closing Friday on a second property here in Baton Rouge. They live on the North Shore. Okay. But the husband is always commuting here for work. Right. So that is a second home a as second well. Home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not yeah. renting it out. and Right. Okay. But recently, Fannie and Freddie are limiting their purchase of second home and investment properties. Okay. As a result, interest rates have increased for both of those for that type occupancy of types. Mm -hmm. In the past, second home and primary residences have been the same interest uh, rate. All the time? Yeah. Really? Because yeah. it's just like buying a house. It's an it's owner-occupied. Yeah. Exactly. But... Now, second Ooh. homes are higher than primary, oh. but not as high as investment. Oh. So they're kind of in between. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. What was the reasoning for that increase? Well, the rate, because Fannie and Freddie are limiting the amount that they're going to purchase, but, which from like 15% of the portfolio to 7%. Was so, there a reason for that? So it's according to enough, them, not enough inventory. Well, according to them, their primary reason for existence is to promote home ownership. It, it, they never right. were really created to or help investors, investors yeah. or people that can purchase a second home. Right. They just want and, to make sure everyone's in the house. Right. And so they want to primarily focus that just on sense. primary residences. On that note, mm -hmm. say you buy a second home. Yes. Get the second home loan. Okay. And two years later you decide to start renting it out. Yes. At what point is that a problem? Well, I mean, it's really not okay. a problem as far as I've ever run into. I mean, you're signing documents, you know, at closing, saying you're going to occupy it. Um, usually it has language in there that says you're going to occupy it for at least a year. Okay. Certainly for primary residents. Sure. So, I mean, you know, you just need to be honest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, if you're going to decide to rent it out, I mean, there's no issue there okay. as far as I've ever mm -hmm. run into. Interesting. Okay. I think that's all of second home information questions. Okay. Okay. How can realtors make your job easier, Jamie? <laughs> yes. Come on, tell us. We want to yes. make our people better. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So help us help you. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> uh, we're here for it. You need, certainly the sooner I can talk to a client and get them pre-approved before they start looking at homes, the better. Oh I like that you agree with that because yes. we for sure agree yes. with that. Absolutely. Because especially in this market, you cannot, you have to act quickly. Right. Right. If a buyer sees a house and they want it, you have to put in an offer quickly. Right. So you need a pre-approval letter, right? And it needs to be solid, a mm -hmm. solid pre-approval letter. I don't want to risk my reputation as right. a lender by sending a letter that isn't worth the paper is written. Okay, on. good. Because the next question is part of that. What do you require before you give the buyer a pre-approval? And then you can keep talking about what okay. realtors can do to help you. So I need to take the full application, okay. full credit. I really want income and asset documentation. Okay. Like paper documents. Yes, paper doc like pay sub like W2s. Can you give an example of asset to documentation? Bank statements. 
bank statements. Bank statements. Okay. Yes. I need to verify you have the money right. for the down payment if okay. one is needed. If someone has overtime mm-hmm. and we need overtime to qualify them for the loan, sometimes I need to order up front an income verification from the employer. Yeah. Okay. Because we are going to average that over typically a two-year history. Oh. And so I need base and overtime broken out. So okay? you need pay stubs and bank statements ASAP. Yes. Because you will know from the pay sub if they're getting overtime. Correct. Because I've had situations where they said, yeah, he makes that much, but 30000 of it is overtime and we can't count it because it's not guaranteed or whatever right. the case may be. Right. So y'all would know that from looking at a pay yes. sub. Yes, we would. Okay. We would. But we wouldn't necessarily just from a pay sub know how much of it we could use. Sure. So we could need mm. to order the income. Mm-hmm. That takes time. Yeah. I oftentimes get asked from a client before they put that application in. How long is it going to take to get the pre-approval? Oh my gosh. You know, as if it just can be turned around. Right, like the machine is going to tell them yeah. when you're done. But the machine is Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie needs time, machine. you know. Right. And sometimes there are factors involved that have nothing to do with me. We're waiting yeah. on an employer to fill out an income verification. And if you're in a hurry to put in an offer, that could be a problem. Yeah. Also, you need I need and this is just like an additional service, but very important. I'm going to look at the credit score, not only for approval, but can I increase their score? Right. Before to you, help them mm-hmm. not only get approval, but to get the best interest rate possible. Yeah. Pulled credit report this morning. The lady had a very small medical collection that was paid from 2016. Mm-hmm. Her score was a 690. Mm-hmm. Not a bad score. Right. But I go in there and I simulate getting that collection deleted and her score is a 770. Wow. You're talking significant difference yeah. in the interest rate. Yeah. And huge. she's already, she's ready to put an offer on a house right now. Mm-hmm. So not that she couldn't still get approval, but ideally we would be have worked those things out in advance. Right. How many times do you get a call from an agent that says, we just saw a house and we need a pre-approval letter right now? Does that happen? It does happen, but... Have you I, trained your agents? I, I, I wasn't like, going to oh, use that word, but... Us. I was going to say, to I'm well trained. I would never call Jamie and be like... We I'm train just, our clients. You yeah. train your realtor yeah you know that's how it works right we're here to help that like that's (laughs) not appropriate for them to call you and be like i need an approval right now right right i always get nervous to send the application link to clients why because i feel like they get overwhelmed halfway Uh through okay with questions like asset documentation or fancy words that Uh they're not really sure what it means or Say they put seventy thousand income, but it's really fifty five because right. of overtime. Like I well, feel that's like that's why you I have to get the pay subs. Yes. yes. So I think W-2s. I get nervous. Feeling I have found my success mm-hmm. rate with them completing the link. I can't tell you how many any link from any. Yeah. You know, I know every lender has the a system right. they use, but I can't tell you how many times from all different lenders I've heard. Well, I see that they started the application and they didn't finish, but so many times it's not finished. And so sometimes it seems like it might even be easier to do it over the phone, but I know that's hard on y'all because it's more time. I always give them the option. So always have the conversation first and I give them their option. Do you feel like you get better information over the phone because you can ask them the right those questions that the computer system wouldn't know to? Not necessarily. Uh, some people just, they love the online. Everything yeah. is online nowadays, yeah. you know. Uh, the millennials should like be more into that. They then. do, They. I mean, we will have reviews after have closing. Love the online 
system mm-hmm. and option. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. was e-sign. It was super yeah. user friendly, and so they like that. But not everybody does. Right. So but you always give them, them the option. option if they submit, you know, online through the link. I'm still calling them, mm-hmm. and I'm and going, going over, over everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It just saves some time it on is, your end yes. inputting information. It, okay. Yes, it is yes. more efficient. Honestly, can, and then sometimes people, you know, if an agent show meeting a client on the weekend, they may just send them, say, "Look, go ahead and submit online." Yes, you know, if I'm not available or yeah. whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other? It's nice to have options. Yes, yeah, nice for options. Any other things realtors need to do? So, if you are trying to close very quickly, mm-hmm. I would say before you write up a two week closing, <laughs> yeah. to call the lender, right, and make sure it's doable. Okay, I mean, I have one where uh, we're closing in three weeks. We probably could have closed in two, and it actually helped the buyer get the win. Yes, mm-hmm. over a cash offer, wow. which is huge, right? <gasps> but you don't want to. You can't cause a bad you can't situation. Exactly. Yeah. Because so, some, let's say you have a self-employed borrower who, right now with COVID, you know, guidelines, mm-hmm. they have to provide so much documentation. That would not be one that I would recommend. Right. You Do know, fast. a two, right, a two-week closing. So it's okay. doable uh, with the right, you know, lender, but talk it out in advance. You need to have communication with the agent. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Because it changes also from month to month on how quickly you can do things, right? Yeah, it just last year like, I would have told you, no way. Can yeah. we have a? Can we do a two yeah. week closing? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but now it's it's more doable. All right. What questions should listing agents be asking in order to vet a buyer's pre approval? So you've kind of told us what you do to create your pre approval, and it's they're strong. Right. But if we get a pre-approval letter from a lender maybe we don't know or we've heard of, what are the things that you can ask to to vet that letter? How do we know it's good? So first, I think it's always good to make sure the buyer's okay, right, with the lender sharing information. I mean, I had a call this morning from a listing agent who received an offer and pre-approval letter, and they just want to know you know, how confident are you in right. this approval? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these days it's almost great because there are so many multiple offer situations. If I can just upfront call the listing agent. Yeah. Hey, you know, you received an offer from my buyer. I just kind of want to you. Do you do that? I've offered. That's amazing. I've offered, you know, uh, also share my reviews, send that, yeah. you know, to the listing agent. Look, mm-hmm. definitely need to be using a local lender. Right. Someone who has a good reputation. Here's my reviews, you know, so they can feel confident. But specific questions, I would say, you know, because it's kind of a sticky situation with okay, what well, we can share but or not. Could say, but have, have you, you actually reviewed there? Yeah, have you pulled credit? Is right. the credit report going to be valid through the closing date? Oh. That could be a good question. Oh. Well, let's because, taking notes. Yeah. Because if when we pull, it's good for four months. Well, someone could have been pre-approved and looking and looking three months and looking. ago, and they might, you know, their credit report may expire oh. a week before closing. But don't y'all have to re-pull right before closing anyway? No. Oh, We do no? not re-pull a credit report. You only have it one time now. As long and as the credit report is valid through the closing date, we do not repull credit. I thought y'all always had to repull credit. No. Like so what right you're talking closing. about is if they open it, we have a monitoring service that we use throughout the whole transaction. Uh, that alerts us if they have their credit pulls. So you're kind or of they open new debt, but we are not looking for a new score. So you, you just if that report what is you got valid. is what you got. Exactly. Mm. I had no clue. Me neither. So the other thing y'all, you know, we brought up overtime commission. You could mm-hmm. ask, you know, does the buyer 
need overtime or commission to qualify? If so, have you verified that information? Uh, uh-huh. You know, to know what you, if they qualify with that. Let, let's back up one. Okay. This is a question we got from a listener. Is it appropriate for the listing agent to contact the buyer's lender? Sure. I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's our yeah, job. It's like, fine. That doesn't upset you if the listing agent calls and is like, hey, Jamie. No, especially not. Especially in this market when you have multiple offers. Because you want your to buyer decipher. to win. Absolutely. I have said before, too, if you, I like to send out the email as a listing agent. Hey, I just got a offer with a pre-approval letter from you. It is attached. I just wanted to verify that you feel confident with the terms of the contract attached, getting to the closing table. Um, and sometimes I'm just doing that to see if they respond. respond. Yeah, because right. this is going to let me know mm-hmm. how is this transaction going to go? Do you mm-hmm. never respond? Do you respond rude and offended that I actually mm-hmm. asked a question about your pre-approval letter? Right. Are you going to, are they going to respond and say, I'm not talking to you because you're not the buyer's agent? All of those things let me know, how is this going to go? Right. Yeah. You know? Right. I just want to know if they respond, what's your response time? Right. What about um, on that note, when mm-hmm. you, we get a pre-approval letter, what is the difference between a pre-qualification right. and a pre-approval? So a pre-qualification it, it's basically a conversation. Okay. It's like, you know, not it's really, really nothing. Hey, I would like to it's buy really a house. Not, right. It's You're not like, really worth right. anything. Maybe they talk income. Maybe they talk credit score and debts and things, but it's not really. Nothing's yeah. been verified. So that is a confusing thing. And it's it often is. used interchangeably. Yes. You know, a pre-approval is credit report pulled. You've run through the underwriting system and gotten approval, income and asset documentation, you know. Mm. I mean, it hasn't actually been sent to an underwriter most of the time. You don't send pre-qualification letters. No. No. Really, like, that's a pre-approval. Yeah. Is what you need. Well, right. right. I mean, I guess some... I mean, they, they the term is used interchangeably, though. And it should not be. It should not be. But I would say just look for whether they call it a pre-approval or a pre-qualification. Right. Look at the verbiage. What is in, in the, the letter? letter? What is it saying? Is it saying that they pull credit? Is it saying that they reviewed mm-hmm. income and asset documentation in writing? Yeah. Or does it say verbally? Right, right. Does it deal. say that the file has been run through an underwriting system? Yeah. So don't get caught up too much in the pre-qualification, pre-approval. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at the letter. Okay. okay. That's look, what I would look recommend. Look at the letter. Look at the letter. Okay. What is the biggest common mistake buyers make during the loan process? Wait, before you tell me, Jamie, you have a document that I put in my buyer folders that's the 10 commandments of loans. Oh, that's right. And it's that's like, right. don't do this, don't do that. But what right. is the what are the common mistakes buyers make during the loan process? I mean, it doesn't happen a lot on, on my files, I would say, but it has happened where someone will take out a new debt yeah. in the middle of the transaction. That's probably the biggest mistake that they make. What about okay. putting $25,000 of cash into their bank account that they've been <laughs> stashing under their mattress? Cash deposits. Well, if you've done the pre-approval and you've gotten the bank statements uh-huh. and you verify that they have the money to close, that's season, you know, you then would see a matter. big deposit like that. Okay. It, it, that wouldn't matter. Got it. If we verified, then you're you know, fine. their assets and they made a big deposit after the fact, it's not even going to come up. Oh, that's interesting. But the other either. thing is, I would say not responding quickly to what the lender is asking for. Right. Oh, like we need this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's a time note, frame, you know, right. on a schedule. Yeah. Right. 
I feel like this is like an expectations thing. Buyers don't understand when I get this all the time. I provided everything that they asked for and uh -huh. they keep coming back asking yeah. for more. They're right. not understanding underwriting. Oh, good. Reviewing and then right. needing follow up based on what they've received. Like how many times right. does it go to underwriting? Hold on. Yeah, I can go over the start. process in general. What actually happens in underwriting and why is it so extra? All right, y'all are throwing a lot at me. No, yeah, we're ready. Okay, so tell us about underwriting. Let's walk through the process. Yes. A buyer comes to me for pre-approval. Okay, I'm going to request a certain amount of documents so I feel confident mm -hmm. that they would close on this one, that they're okay. pre-approved, income, assets, and all that. But the documentation requirements are very detailed, okay. right? So let's say it takes them a month to find a house. Okay. All right. And now we have a purchase agreement mm -hmm. and we're starting. Well, Jana, my right arm, mm -hmm. okay, is going to review everything we already have. Mm -hmm. And she is going to send a list to them of what we need. What's, right. What's her title? She is uh, my assistant. Okay. A loan yeah. officer my teammate. assistant. Yes. Okay. Well, exactly. So yeah. we might need an updated PESA. Maybe I didn't ask for the driver's license up front because that's not really that consequential like you to probably a are who you say you are right i mean i may ask but maybe if they don't send it sometimes they don't always send mm -hmm. what you what i've for. asked for but as long as i've got what's important yeah crucial, okay. I've, i'm okay issuing the pre-approval okay sure. so she's going to ask for that information we want to submit as clean a file to underwriting as possible okay so an underwriter is a person mm -hmm. all right that's trained in the guidelines of the loan while loan officers are important the underwriter is the one who actually gives an official approval of the loan, right? All right, And they have guidelines that they have to follow, all right? It's not their fault that we need two months most recent bank statements. Just right? do it. We just have to meet the requirements okay. that are set, right? So we're submitting a very clean file to underwriting. There just always seemed to be something. Mm -hmm. Sure. Hopefully, we've done a great job on the front end, and maybe it's nothing. Maybe mm -hmm. it's, but they call a one-touch file a unicorn. A one to like uh, where they didn't ask yes, for anything. Where they didn't ask for anything. A unicorn. What causes follow up documents needed? So, like I said, Jana reviews. We get the items we need. Submit to underwriting. The underwriter reviews. She might say, "Oh, we just need a letter of explanation on this address that showed up on the credit report." Which uh, usually we I would mean, catch like, that on the front. So end. Easy. Like, why yeah. would you even know to? But I would say if you're going back to underwriting multiple times, yeah, something fishy is going. Well, on. I would say that the pre-approval probably wasn't a solid. Very solid. solid. They didn't exactly. get what they needed up front exactly. from the beginning. Exactly. And you have your underwriters are in house, like they're Correct. part of your company, right? Um, I know that you have helped me before by saying, okay, well, like we would have a question about a weird situation, be like, I'm going to go ask the underwriter, right? Like I'm going to go straight to the source because. Are they like exactly. in your building? They're not in my building. We have another building on Jefferson Highway mm -hmm. that has all the town. operations stuff. It's in this but town. They're she not this mysterious. Them. Yeah. They're real humans. They're like they're the Wizard people. of Oz. They're That's real. right. They're real they people. are like the Wizard of yes. Oz. Okay. Well, here's it. You know, to your point, Katie, if there is a, a question on the front end about a file, yeah. you know, about a person's particular situation, that needs to be vetted in mm -hmm. advance. Right. So y'all have in-house underwriting. Correct. What does it mean if somebody doesn't, like a company does not have in -house? Yeah, well, they could outsource it. Okay. Potentially. Um, so they're like third party. So there's third another party. Wizard of Oz right. that is taking 
loans to review from all different companies and that's just their job? It that that does exist. Okay. But also most of the time it's gonna be a broker. Yeah, it's a mortgage broker. So a they're, broker they're who's sending, sending their file to a lender's you know, who has their own they shop the set. lenders. They're wholesale and... lenders that brokers are sending to. Mm -hmm. Okay. They have lenders out there that all they do is service brokers. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. So mm -hmm. but so a I don't, you don't have to answer this. So a local lender is probably preferential to a local broker because the local broker could be sending it off to any number of lenders, right? Like most know. brokers, I mean, most brokers are sending to national wholesale lenders okay. that are not local. Got it. There are some local wholesale lenders here in Baton Rouge. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as a buyer, you might ask your lender if they had an in-house underwriter, because as far as timing goes, that's usually preferential, right? It is. Okay. It is. And right. they just have more local knowledge if, you know, that underwriter is reviewing the appraisal. Oh, uh, you know, we have, we as a company don't use an AMC. Right. So we have local appraisers that we've chosen. That Tell the people what an AMC is. Appraisal management company. So like a third party that's a third hiring party. the appraiser to do Correct. the appraisal and is the middleman. Right. So exactly. y'all have no middleman? We have no middleman. It's still randomly assigned. Yeah, but you have you a know, list of appraisers. We do. Okay. And you can So there's a $10 fee that the appraiser pays uh -huh. when they accept from us, you okay. know, an assignment. But AMCs charge heavy fees. They Yes, they could take... Half Fifty to a hundred dollars of an yeah, appraiser like fee. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But so then, if there's a trouble with an, well, we're gonna come back. Actually, okay. let's just do yeah, appraisal there. Yeah. Okay. So if there was uh -oh. trouble with <laughs> the appraisal, yeah. since you're, you know, you don't have the AMC involved, right? Can you, Jamie, talk to the appraiser? Who from your office is allowed to right. talk to the appraiser? I'm as a loan officer, I'm not really supposed. You're not to supposed communicate. To. Is that a real especially rule? Especially when it comes to value. Is it just frowned yes. upon? It's a real rule. No, it, it, it's a rule that okay. You know, yeah. I'm not supposed to discuss value with an appraiser. Okay, now, so who can? Uh, our branch manager can to some degree, but typically not even the branch manager. It's mainly our underwriting. The manager. underwriter yes. can like, and we have. We've ordered new appraisals. Yeah. I mean, I've when had, is that I've had allowed? two recently. Well, it's going to be up to the underwriting manager. They're going to review it and determine if they think it's okay. basically this is not worth great. the paper it's written on. Can the agent, the listing agent mm -hmm. or the buyer's agent, an agent involved, what can they do to help the underwriter see that the appraisal was maybe not accurate? Are they allowed to like send a rebuttal or what? Oh, absolutely. They so, can send a rebuttal. Can you... They can point out the issues that they see on the report. Mm -hmm. They can provide additional comps mm -hmm. that maybe were not used. Or if comps were used that really aren't good comps, you right. can explain why. I mean, okay. you can provide as much information. And you, you're able to get yes. that to your underwriter. And yes. they decide if you need to yes. reorder the appraisal. Or do they also send it back to the original appraiser? They will try to make it work with the original appraiser okay. first. And sometimes it's just not the answer people want. Sometimes it is, what yeah. it, it, is. is what it, it is. is what it is. So the underwriter could say, I feel like this is a good appraisal. We cannot order. Or they could say, I think that this warrants ordering a second appraisal because yes. of this reason. Yes. So is there a loan? I know like, is there a loan type that you cannot order a second appraisal? Like a VA loan. Like I know it's like follows the life of the. Yeah, but could you argue it on the front end? But then once they say, 
Right. I think you could still argue it. But once mm-hmm. they say, no, this is right. what the then value is. Then like FHA, stuck. you know, it's tied to the case number for a certain amount and of time. Ha- VA. How long is that? I think it's 90 to 120 days. That 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 appraisal is mm-hmm. tied to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of appraisal insurance? That was a listener question. No. Okay. No, me, so, me neither. Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> Mortgage no. insurance. But not appraisal insurance. Which oftentimes can be confused with actual property insurance, you know, the home Oh, yeah, that's right, true. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, why do appraisal delays happen and who determines when the appraisal comes back? So I guess how so does I the timing work? speak to our company. Okay. Our standard is to request a due date of a week okay. from ordering. I feel like that's pretty common. I, I hear yeah. that a lot. We can order rushes. Okay. The problem is really the, and what determines how quickly the appraiser can get the report back is their workload. Yeah. How busy it's are they? How many report Exactly. Yeah. So what's going on? You know, if we order an appraisal and we ask for it back in two days, it's probably going to get denied. And okay. we're going to go through multiple appraisers before it even gets assigned, which could take days. That sure. could take time. So you're, you're wasting, wasting time, time by trying to rush it too much. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Mm. Okay. Why do appraisal, I guess that makes sense too, why the delays happen. It's just on their schedule. Right. Okay. How busy are they? In some markets, the appraisers are completely away? overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. Is it rural? Is well, it that's unique? true. Right. Is so it... you bring that up. I have one that's, you know, in the diversion area and it's somewhat challenging to get to. And so there may be an additional trip fee, yeah. you know, that the appraiser would want to charge. So we went through multiple appraisers trying to get it assigned and they were going to go with an AMC because they couldn't find Nobody anyone to do, to do it. it. But I remembered I did one last year and I found the appraiser who did that oh, particular wow. transaction. He was on your list. And they were able to, yes, he was on our list. They were able to just assign it to him, and which worked out it. well. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Jamie to the rescue. I tried not to use an AMC. Sorry. Right. Sorry if there's any No, that's here. helpful. Like, what yeah. does that even mean? Like, well, why? It's always harder when you add another layer. So when another... Yeah, and I just don't know where that appraiser would potentially come from. <sighs> yeah. You know, I'm used to the appraisers that are on our list, that we... That are local. That are, you, we know are local. Since we're on and, appraisers, do you remove and add appraisers frequently to your list? Or they're kind of like... Not set? frequently. Okay. I think there's kind of a process they have to go through. Look. You know, you can't just remove an appraiser because an appraisal comes in low. Well, not one, but you like know. habitually if there's, if there's a problem. consistent yeah. issues. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. All right. You go with appraisals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What kind of stipulations on a contract can cause loan issues? So when agents are writing a contract, mm-hmm. they like to write all kinds of floofy random stuff in there. Right. Where <laughs> to come furnish. <laughs> right. What, right. What things cause a problem on the loan? And is it more specific to certain types of loans that that is even a problem? Well, personal property is always kind of right. like so the like sticking the, point. You start asking know. for the bed and the... Right. Right. But so the reason things, being is because y'all are wanting to make sure that you are financing the house only. Correct. And that they are not, not also property. financing the couch and the boat and the furniture. Exactly. That's why y'all don't want it exactly. on there. Okay. Put that in a separate addendum. Please. Okay. Right. Separate. No. Repair stuff. Allowances for repairs and right. stuff so, like that. Right. So, I mean, do you have... <laughs> I'm sure you get them all the time. I am like hardcore about... I'm not going to send you... The repair request that has mm. an allowance because mm-hmm. that feels like a red flag to my lender. Right. Like you need a clean addendum. It, correct. Yeah. Okay. Let's just make this easy. Got it. Are there any? We other, have enough challenges, right? Like, are there any other things that make 
that maybe cause a loan issue? I guess timing, like closing date, or is there anything else that people write in there or do that in the terms that makes it hard for you? Those are really the two that the two main things okay. that we would run into. Yeah, you don't want to know That's about repairs. Easy fix. You don't need to be involved in it. Right. And no. you don't need to be involved in any personal property that's being bought or sold. Exactly. Right. Just that's a separate if transaction. A, I, I another thing I'm like, is this a rule or is it just frowned upon? <laughs> <laughs> is it allowed for a seller to give money? Say we negotiated two thousand dollars towards repairs, mm-hmm. but They've already paid all the closing costs. And at the closing table, the seller wants to write the buyer a check for $2,000 so that they can fix the front porch themselves. Is that allowed? There's just no reason for the lender to be involved. Okay. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't need okay, to be involved. Okay. But does it become loan, loan fraud? Yeah. Because is it certain loan types? We don't want to go to jail. Right. I don't want to go to jail. Or well, lose my like, license. The issue with the loan is like, okay. If the seller is already paying the max concessions mm-hmm. for the that loan. are allowed for the loan, okay, and then they're paying additional More. money, then you're kind of getting into like a, a sticky issue. Mm-hmm. If it is, but what's really the difference between giving some money towards the repairs or making the repairs? Right. Well, sometimes the so, way we get around this is how you know, to put it in escrow at the title company, like in the account, so that then the vendor gets the money. It's not right. that I it's not that my seller handed it straight to the buyer. But when and that's there is fine, a repair like, escrow, y'all are involved in that because you see it, right? We don't see it if it's on the seller side. If yeah, you are holding proceeds from the seller okay. to do like I had one recently where the seller was paying to replace the roof mm-hmm. and she didn't have the funds until until closing. Until closing. That so they the took some of her proceeds and they put title held it in an escrow. It's fine. It's on the seller side of the CD. So it doesn't Our buyer's loan is not involved. It's not a problem. That's very helpful. That's very helpful. Yes. Okay. Now, but sometimes the seller doesn't have the money at all, okay, right? And right. The, there's some repairs that need to be made that we can do a repair, like an escrow for repairs from the buyer's proceeds. Oh. It's only certain things that are allowed. Like if they, they have to get a invoice. For the loan. Right, but it needs to be done right for the that loan. That could be rolled into the loan. You're saying it's not rolled into the loan. In this case, it would typically it's more cash that they would bring. So they would get an invoice from for the repair. Mm-hmm. They would collect like one and a half times the amount needed for the repair to hold in escrow that the title company would have. Okay, okay. they would issue the check for the repair once it's done. Uh-huh. We send the appraiser back out to verify the repair is ah, done, and how it's does usually that help it's minor. The buyer? Because it allows them to go the ahead appra- and close. Because the appraiser was ho- saying no. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Like, but the like seller a, couldn't do it. Right. Wasn't right. able. Surely to, this has got to be like an FHA. It just depends. CDA. Most of the time, because it's more of a like more a particular loan type with okay. the condition of the property. Let's say okay. it's peeling paint. Peeling paint. Or I had one one time when it was um, the burglar bars. Oh, because that's a safety issue. Yeah, we're, we're like, it but it's it like not a window anymore. Yeah. but it's minor. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's not an expensive Just get repair. Yeah, through those. Oh, and right. so you can do this, and then the appraiser can check it post closing. Right. Wow. I mean, if you're talking about a foreclosure, know you know, they're not doing any repairs. Right. But that's a minor thing. So that would be a case mm. where a seller just okay. wouldn't be willing to do that kind of thing. Interesting. Okay, I like that. Um, what <laughs> questions should you, as a realtor, Ask your lender to decide if you should work together. I hope by this point, people have now heard some of yes. like why I work with you or like why you might, but like, what is something 
You can, this could be a quick answer. Yeah. So years of experience and expertise, Mm -hmm. product knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, do they communicate well? I would ask your other realtors, you know, what do you know about this lender? Mm -hmm. You know, does he or she do a great job? I would ask the loan officer for their reviews. Mm-hmm. They should have them. You know, we use a company called Social Survey. Uh, you're, that's amazing. Zillow, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, provide their reviews. Get a feel for them. Talk to them. Do you feel like they care about your client? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or is it just, are they just that salesy type that yeah. wants to close yeah. another deal? Yep. You you know, you have a good judge of character when you're yeah. talking to someone. Are they going to go the extra mile? You know, you don't have to analyze someone's credit to right. help them boost the score to get a better rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can still close the loan right. as it is, but are they going like, to go that that's extra next level mile? service? Yes, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Okay. What questions should buyers be asking their lender before they hire them? So they can ask some of the same things, but I definitely would say, I mean, ask about the different loan types. Mm-hmm. Have the loan officer explain them to you, explain the benefits, drawbacks, uh, why, you know, a particular loan product is best for them. Uh, are, is the loan officer willing to provide the full fee worksheet? Fee worksheet. Yeah. Like so you're saying, are they transparent? Note, right. Um, right. How you really, to get an accurate fees worksheet, you have to pull credit. Right. You do. You so do. how many times can a buyer do that before it hurts them? What's the truth on all right. that? So everything that I've heard is that they're not going to penalize. The bureaus aren't going to penalize you for being a you know good consumer, maybe getting right. a few options. And it's supposed to be within 10 business days or so for the same purpose. If they what pull I've credit at different lenders. So right. you have 10 days. 10 business days is what I've been told. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. That could not be true. It could right. be true. So that you you know? shop. But what I would say is, I feel like, I don't know if it's realtors or just in general, the perception is you having your shop. credit pulled is the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't pull my don't credit. Don't pull my credit. You know, it's going to ruin my credit. And it's, it's just not true. Okay. Right. It's just not true. And it's a very important part of being pre-approved. Yeah. Like some people would want numbers or pre-approval without pulling credit. And I'm like, I can't not help possible. you at all. Yeah. You know, and all what I always try to say is, look, it's we have to do this. And when I do it, I'm going to look to see if there are any issues that mm-hmm. we could right. work on. Like I'm talking about boosting the score, yeah, getting a homework. better interest rate. Yeah. Well, you know, that's always what I like to share with buyers, too, is do this early. Do your application. I don't care if you want to buy in six months. Do your application now. Mm-hmm. Pull your credit now. What right. if you could increase your credit score? Right. Like. Yeah, I mean, you want to minimize it. You know, you yeah. don't want to go to every retail outlet and have open a credit card right. to get the discount. No. You know, you don't want to go. I mean, pulls do impact the score. I'm not yeah. saying that, yes. but it is a necessary part of buying house. I've had a lender yeah. say don't open credit cards a, or yeah, everywhere auto loans before you know you want to buy a house. I have had a lender say, so I pulled their credit and I saw that. <laughs> This company, this loan company has mm-hmm. pulled their credit and this loan company has pulled their credit. Right. And like they have They've shopped. been all over. They've yeah. been all over. I'm just letting you know. Right. You right. Know, that I, I see this. And That's I was like, so funny. wow, I never thought that, you know, ABC company can see that Main Street Lending also pulled the if credit. It's, if they've pulled it prior. Yeah, yeah. we can't. We mm-hmm. can't see, you know. Interesting. So. Very interesting. Okay. This one. How do building loans work? 
Construction lens. Construction, construction lens. Construction loans are so typically very used. Well, they're typically interim loans. Right. All right. So they're not your permanent 30 year fixed rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. They're usually typically good for a 12 month yes. time frame. Um, you know, you're going to have to get a licensed contractor mm-hmm. for the most part, not always a set of plans. You know, uh, they do an appraisal mm-hmm. subject to what's going to be built. Yep. So there's a draw schedule. And yep. what that means is when the project reaches certain milestones. Yeah. Like once you have going a slab, to, once you have. Right. I've done this a couple of times. Exactly. So I know. So you probably could answer this. Uh, well, I mean, it's fine. It's very, in, it's very in depth. And I do think that um, buyers in general don't understand. Right. And a lot of times they go and buy a lot and then they think, oh, then we'll just get this construction loan. And there are a lot of. It's a lot of work on the front end of a construction loan. Right. With I mean, your plans. It's just a lot of work. Building. Yeah, it's a lot of work. To build but a house is there anyway. other options or is that like the loan you go with? Well, there's one-time closed construction loans. There's two-time closed construction loans. Which one's better? Uh, it just depends. Okay. I mean, not everyone's eligible for a one-time close. Requirements are different with different lenders. I okay. mean, you really, yeah. it's somewhat of a complex topic. But do you do both? They're interest only. At your payments. company? We do. Okay. Yeah, it's interest only. That's why the speed only. of construction is important because you're just paying interest. Right. And you're paying interest on the amount that you've drawn. Yeah. So it changes. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, we're not going to get any deeper into that. Okay. Someone asked that, but they are very, co- I will tell you as someone who has gotten two construction loans in my life, they are very complicated. Yes. Every bank and lender has slightly different, like, you right. know, Some local rules. banks will allow you to self-contract. Yeah, I do. Whereas did. we... Don't require yeah. a builder. We want a licensed contractor. Right. So it's just there's so many right. facets to that. So we're not going to stay on that. Okay. This is my favorite. And we kind of talked about this recently in our multiple offer episode based on your information to me, but we're going to okay. do it again. What are ways a lender can help a buyer win in multiple offers? Okay. So this could be several, a rapid fire. Answer, okay. Several times recently, I've had to work with a buyer to discuss. Lender credits. Mm-hmm. Are you talking more the first time home buyer where they need closing costs? Okay. It's very difficult to get that in the market these days. Yep. So they may need to look at other options. Mm-hmm. One of those being slightly increasing their rate and getting a larger credit from the lender right. towards their closing costs. So basically costs. the lender is covering some of the closing exactly. costs. Exactly. Talking with the buyer up front before they even put in an offer so they know, hey, I don't need all those closing yeah. costs. That's that's number one. That would be huge. Making sure they're pre-approved with a local reputable lender. Uh, I'll share my reviews. So mm-hmm. that way, again, I mentioned that to you. Uh, the listing agent can see this is a, a reputable lender. This loan's going to close. Feel mm-hmm. confident. I'm willing to, and I'm sure most loan officers here would be willing to call the listing agent mm-hmm. to talk through, you know, the buyer to yeah. reassure them. Well, just give them some confidence. Yeah. The other thing is, and this is only on your buyers that have larger down payments, 10 to 20%, most of the time, 20%. The loan may not require an appraisal. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of waivers lately. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. So the lender's going to need the property address, the amount that the buyer is planning to offer. They can run the file through the underwriting system and they may get a waiver. Yeah. So we what can that know means that is, before we even write the offer. Absolutely. That's when you would want to know it. Yeah. That's when you would want to know because yeah, if you, that's how you write it, no appraisal. Right. Yeah. So if the loan doesn't need Any an appraisal, that could get you can waive it. Well, it could if the terms change. I've seen it change if the price changes. If the down payment changes, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. that could affect. I would just hate it. to put not contingent and then 
something happen in underwriting and then be like, oh, actually, yeah. Well, the underwriter can't just like say, oh, we need an appraisal. It's all about the underwriting system, the computer system Uh that is going to request it or not. So as long as the offer they made, the number and their down payment amount stayed the same. Right. And nothing changed about those terms, then that appraisal waiver should be accurate. Exactly. I mean, that, I you think, could write it in that way. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then you just waive the appraisal contingency. I and mean, then there's no huge. risk of that them having huge. to come out of pocket. Yeah. Right? In this market, it's like huge. sellers will love that. Yeah, that's right? huge. But Especially, I think having a conversation, you know, with your buyers is mm-hmm. very important on well, what right. they're waiving. Well, your buyer needs a lender who actually knows what those options are. Right. And why they're useful in them getting the house they want, especially in a seller's market. And the agents all need to know that that's even available. Yeah. So speaking with the loan officer, you yeah. know, if you have your go-to lender, they're... Find out hope, if they can do yeah, that. sharing that If you know your buyer's you. putting 20% down to ask those questions. Right. Yes. Okay. They say it's 10%. I haven't gotten any waivers with 10% down. But I 20 have is, on refis. What about like a... But not purchase. 20 is pretty... Com- I mean, that's the ones I've got. Yeah. They're all been 20 or more. Yes, 20% down. Okay. Yes. All right. What's the hardest part of being a lender? I would say being grilled by agents all the time. Well, (laughs) I can handle it. I've got this. No, but balancing doing a quality job, you know, thorough pre-approvals with meeting the high expectations of speed that agents and buyers Quality and speed. Yes. Everyone wants everything. Right away. Right away. But I need to do a good job. But quality can suffer when it's done too fast. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I would I think, say that's the yeah. hardest part. And I'm a people pleaser. So yeah. it's like, I want everybody you want to be to happy do, and yeah, I you want, want to do it fast. But sometimes you just have to I set the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Expectations, mm-hmm. reality. Yes. Right. Okay. And I think kind of putting it back in their court and letting that I can operate as quickly as you can. Right. How quick can you get me this list of documents and I right. can get you the pre-approval. Exactly. And where the people it's not will me, ask, it's you. Right. People <laughs> ask, how long is the pre-approval going to take? Well, yeah. it depends on how complicated yeah. your situation is. Right. Like your W-2 is straightforward and you get me the docs quickly. Mm. It won't take long at all. Yeah. So. Okay. Last one. All right. I like this one. How do you survive being a mom? Tell us, first of all, how old your kids are and how do you survive being a mom of two little people and a (laughs) full-time busy lender? So I really have three children. You know, my husband, he's he's a child sometimes. Uh I'm just kidding. Love you, CT. Love you, CT. So five and three are the ages of my children. So cute. They are. They're awesome. They have me wrapped. But how do I survive? I would say, number one, having a great person that helps me and that would be Jana she's Mm -hmm. been with me for four years I've had an assistant probably I don't know at least seven or eight Mm -hmm. but having someone you know that can just help me balance the workload takes the um you know, just balancing that workload. That's huge. That's yeah. been... You're pretty good really about it helps your day, though. provide better service. Yeah. yeah. Do you end your day and, like, stop taking calls at a certain time in the evenings when you're doing bath time? And, like, how do you do that? What's your routine? So you have to be somewhat flexible, okay? I'm not going to say I just... I'm absolutely, like, by 5 o'clock, I'm not talking to you. I'm not communicating. Yeah. But you do have to set some boundaries. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had someone texting me about their CD at 6 o'clock and I, last night, and I said, look... I can call you in the morning. Yeah, what yeah. time? That's great. What time are you available? Sure. But, that's you know, good. I had another client who was putting in an offer last night and they needed a pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. So I sent it at nine o'clock. Yeah. So it's 
determining what is actually urgent, super urgent mm-hmm. and what can wait. You yeah. know what I started doing too? If I didn't have like an updated one and I'm making an offer, I'll send the offer and copy the lender and say, yeah. hey, Katie, listing agent, here's my buyer's offer. I'll have an updated pre-approval letter first thing in the morning. The lender right. is copied on this email. When I see the lender is copied on the email, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's basically right. my Right. Well, it's your open communicate. Like you want yeah. to send an email back to the lender? Go for right. it. Right. Yeah. The lender at that point is not going to say, oh, wait, they're not pre-approved. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I asked, I said, do you need it tonight or can I send yeah, it in yeah. the morning? Yeah. And she really wanted it. So that's fine. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's fine. But like I said, determining what's, what's actually urgent. What's actually urgent. And what can wait, you know. Yeah. 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 Putting the phone away. Mm-hmm. certain times mm-hmm. you know when i'm with my babies yes and my family and dinner time and all of that yeah. you know that's good. important super important. lose your mind yeah you will lose your mind <laughs> and your family that's yeah. right i mean you, you know you just won't be able to do as good of a job because you just be burnt out yeah oh yeah i think that's, such that's a good so point. important definitely you good do you have a toast for us today yeah who would yes. you like to toast to so jana okay didia my assistant or teammate whatever you want to call it she keeps me in line. She puts up with me. She's she will laugh right too. now because she will say, that's right. I put up with you. She's you know, great. I'm a little OCD. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, she so keeps you organized. She does. She's, She's wonderful. right on top of it. Yep. I would not be able to do what I do without her. We all that's need help. Sure. We were just talking about love this. Love you, I have Jana. A, one last quick question. Okay. When you just get random inquiries, mm-hmm. how do you remember to follow up? What's your system for like when somebody's like, Hey, I want to buy a house. You know, I'm sure you get them so much. Right. How do you remember everyone? So typically what I do when I have something that I need to do or follow up with, I'll email myself. Yeah. I I mean, I'll email myself and then I have a to-do list, a running to-do list. If it's important, I highlight it. Yeah. It's not important. It's not hot. I mean, I just have my own little system. system. But I mean, if I have an application on someone, you know, we'll be following up. I'm actually in the process of refining that. Mm-hmm. Oh, process. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you, you should watch our Trello yeah. video. What's the video? Ha, oh, Trello. Trello. We'll tell oh, it wow. to you after. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Our, yes. our listeners you write love that the, down. the Trello video. They Trello. love Trello. Okay. Um, we'll we'll hook you up with that. Okay. So we're cheersing to Jana. She is amazing. Yes. She's actually listened to the show before. So. She's on a much deserved vacation right now. <gasps> Good for Jana. Okay. I love Great. it. Yes. All right. Cheers. So thanks for it. coming. Yes. Thank you thank for coming. Thank you for having me. This wonderful. I hope it wasn't too boring. No. Oh, no. The people. Lynn, is there a reason you've had 99 episodes and no Lynn, lender? We is were, that a, I think we the were. The questions <laughs> for lender were building. Yeah. We're building up. Gotcha. Like, at first, it was just a question here or there that we kind of know the answer to just yeah, from. Being they were getting system. a little too technical. Gotcha. We're like, we need a lender. And it, okay. yeah, I think it's also, we're very protective of who's on the show. Okay. And, you know, we want to make sure people get good quality information. Mm-hmm. So it was a good well, time. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank Aww. you. We love you. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye.